Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Bill Roden on Sports. Taking you inside clubhouses, locker rooms, and boardrooms, legendary sports columnist Bill Roden gets inside the heads and beneath the veneer of the men and women who play and own the games we love. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another edition of Bill Roden and Sports. Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, it's great to be here. Great for you to be listening in greater numbers, I hope. Um, we've got, um, you know, our, our great, uh, you know, the great uh, Jamal Murphy to my right, the sports attorney guy who uh, got here right on time. Right on, right on time. Well, you were actually late. Well, be- yeah, that's but true. But we were late. I apologize. That's Bill. right. I'm sorry. That's right. Uh, and um, this is really a very special afternoon. This is like our, we ha- we have a um, a first professional athlete in on, on the show, uh, and a really great guy. Um, uh, our guest this afternoon is Demario Davis. Demario is the uh, is the linebacker, the uh, outside inside linebacker. What do you prefer? Well, not not so much what you prefer, but what you know. Your position, you really are outside. Inside. You're inside, yeah. I, but I play a lot of outside, too, so. Okay, we'll get to that. Yeah. So so we have Demario Davis, the uh, Jets inside linebacker. Um, and uh, Jamal uh, uh, Demario was drafted uh, 2012. Uh, 2012, third round. Uh, and um, let's get right right into it, man. I mean, I, 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 I've been following his career. You've been here. You've been in New York since 2012. So, of course, we always follow you. Then you became a starter year after that. So then we start paying a little more attention. Well, who's this guy, man? <laughs> because he was great on special teams. Then next thing you know, 2012, 2013, starting. And I think your first year, you guys beat uh, beat the Patriots, right? You That's beat right. the Patriots. Right. Was, was that up there or down here? Um, That was at home. Yeah, you beat them at home. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah, that was at home. <laughs> right? That we beat them. Yeah. Right. So anyway, tomorrow, listen, man. Welcome, welcome to the show. It's great having you. It's great having you. Thank you so much, and Jared, uh, Jared Wembley, who's back here. Thank you very much for making this happen, Jared. See, Jared said he's saying nothing. That's a, that, that's how that's how he's been at the Jets for so long by saying nothing but being a great guy. <laughs> anyway, listen, man, thanks thanks so much for coming and no problem, uh really no really, really really appreciate it. Looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's start. Let's let's do football first cuz there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Um but you're coming off a, a a hard loss Saturday. My question is how long does it take you to not you per, you per se, but also generally guy to come off of a loss cuz you know as reporters, we're not really as invested as you are. You know, it's like, you know, we're down there. We're like, hey, you know, and ask you the questions and all that. But how long does it take you typically to kind of get over what happened on Sunday, win or lose, but particularly losing? Um, you got to have uh, short-term memory in this league, whether you win or you lose. Um, you got to get ready for the next week because that game and preparation is going to be on you pretty fast. So. By the time you come in on Wednesday, you got to be over the win or over the loss. Um, it's definitely harder to, to, to get past a loss because mm-hmm. it, it kind of uh, gives a bump in your momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, and what you want to do is get your momentum rolling and, and be able to go full steam through the season and kind of get in a rhythm, understanding how things are going to play out. And so um, you got to get past that little joke and get things back going. And so, um, you know, you just get it back in and immediately go back to watching film, preparing for the next opponent. And um, 
you know, by the time Sunday gets there, you got to be ready for the next opponent. So you basically, as of Tuesday, you are. This is so when this goes up. This week, you've done. You're done. You're, you've moved on. Yeah, I'm over that. I'm over that. I mean, it happened. You know, it was unfortunate, but I'm over that now, man. I'm getting ready for the Dolphins. Is that how it goes? You get Monday and Tuesday off, and then back at practice Wednesday. Well, you don't get uh, we not don't off, get Monday off, but we come in on Mondays and you know go over the film, mm-hmm. um, break it down, um, look and see what we did wrong. And you just kind of learn, repair, and move on. Right. How? Tell me. I mean, this is such a. You only play sixteen games, but it's so up and down. For example, you guys win this game two and zero. You know, and you know this is New York too. You know. Oh, by the way, I, I didn't mention Pat, who's sitting behind you. He's a huge. You have big, two big Jets huge, fan. two huge Jets fans in this studio. Pat and Jamal. But so you know, you're two and zero. You know, how New York is. They're just waiting. You got the game ball uh, after the Indianapolis game, which was a big. That's a big victory, right? So you're up, you know. Then, you know, Philadelphia, and I normally don't get invested in this, but I really was, I really, it would have been a great victory for you guys to win. Then 3-0, and right. everything is rolling. And just take us through, A, the ups and downs from Indianapolis to to um, uh, to Philadelphia, and then your own game. I mean, first game, I mean, first quarter, first second, first half, you get beat by, by Sproles. But then... You know, and the whole defense is going to be, by the way. You guys gave up 24 points. Then, second half, it's like a whole nother team, man. You're mm-hmm. shutting them down. They're, they're, they're going back into who they really are. You come up with a big fumble, fumble recovery. Everybody's rolling, think we're on the way. So just take us through the ups and downs from Indianapolis to, to uh, the Eagles to Sproles to recovering the fumble. And what's going on in your mind in all this? I mean, you know, First, you know, you get a you get a win in Indy. You know, you feel good, but you're able to break down each week individually. Right. You know, we weren't happy in Indy because you know we were two and zero. You know, you happy because you went and you won. You know, the won a game, and it's where our coach breaks it down. To us is is 16 weeks. It's a 16 round fight, mm. and you know you got to take them each round by itself. And so you know you win round two. It's not because you won round one and round two. It's you know you just you won round two, and so. But you do feel that momentum and that you're getting in a rhythm, like I'm saying, like I said earlier. Um, and then you get to round three, and then you lose. But you, it's not like you know we're two and O team, and we come into this game we're two and O, so we're ready to go three and O. You know, you want to win that game and you know and go on, so you lose. And so it's just, you know, it just kind of throws you off beat a little bit. And so you just got to be able to shake back. Now in a game, you know, it's always going to be up, ups and right, downs right. in the game, and um, we didn't start that game as fast as we would have liked to start. Um, and before we knew it, we looked up and it was 17-0. I mean, they made a big punt return, oh, which yeah. kind of changed the game, changed yeah. the, the dynamics of the game. And Sproles, credit to Sproles, yeah. you know, who's a, a friend of mine, and he's a, uh, been a great really? player. He's a friend of how, How's your enemies act, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's, a, he, he, he's a good been guy. A great, a great player in this league for a long time. Yeah, he right. made a uh, made a game-changing play. Um, I think your chances of winning, you know, anytime you, you block a punt or you, you score on a punt, um, your chances of winning goes up in a game tremendously. Right. And so, um, you know, they did that, and um, we still had chances late in the game, and uh, we just fell short. And, you know, in this league, almost don't count. So, um, right. how'd you feel? How'd you feel though when you when you got the recovered fumble? Because that was a that was a big play. I mean, that was a huge play. I forgot who made the tackle, but Dave Harris. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were right there. What's what are you thinking there? Are you thinking that you know sometimes you can play great and lose. Sometimes you don't play so great and win. You know, do you allow yourself to think at that point that I think the door is open? Think that you know, 
this was kind of our day. Yeah, I mean, when you when the breaks start going your way, you know, you want to take advantage of that momentum. And you know, when you get that fumble, um, the whole our whole drive on that, um, our whole focus on that drive as defense was we needed to score on that drive. We needed to create a turnover. We needed to score with it. And so um, we would have liked to. Dave Harris made an incredible tackle. Uh, would have liked to have got the ball clean and, and took off running to the end zone and scored. Um, but you get the ball back and you like, okay, well at least. You know, part of the mission is accomplished, and you think that you have the momentum, but you know we just fell short still. So, mm-hmm. no, F- Philly came in obviously 0-2 to that game, so they were kind of desperate for a win. Is that something you can feel? Can you feel the other team's desperation? Can you feel that that's a game they really needed to win? Uh, I don't know if it, you feel desperation. They just they played good football. You know, they played better football than us. Um, they did some good things. That we did some good things. They did some bad things. We did some bad things. But you know, in the end. They made more plays than us, and um, you know, and they and they were able to come away with it. You know, they they every team is gonna play hard every Sunday. It's right. not like so there's no difference. It's you don't, not you don't ever like see a, a team is okay. We're zero and two, and they're gonna take it to another notch. <laughs> they were like they were playing at ninety percent or eighty percent right, right, right. in week one and two. No, they brought everything right. they had. Right. You know, they what for whatever reason they just um, didn't execute and, and lost those games, or the other team executed and won those games, and so. Um, you can go into week eight and be eight and zero and play an zero and eight team, and right. you know people say it's a trap game or um, that team is desperate and you got full of yourselves, but that's not the case. You know it's football. You yeah. know the, a team is going to execute and another team is, isn't going to execute as well, and that's why you have to try to be at your best every single Sunday. Yeah. I, I guess that must be the difference. I mean, this wasn't necessarily my, on the, the script, but the, between you know you were at Arkansas State college. I mean, let's just think the difference between that level and the NFL just seems like the mistake level is almost infinitesimal. Like you said, the 0-8 team and the 8-0 team, the margin of error is just so, yeah, it's just so slender. And I think a lot of you talk to people like this in the street. So, man, you don't realize, man, it's not that big of a difference. I mean, just like one, not even a major error. I mean, was that your biggest adjustment you know, coming from college, then getting up here and realizing that the difference was just so slender. Yeah, if you look at most games, you're talking about the difference in a game is about two plays. The difference mm-hmm. in winning and losing the game is about two plays in that game. If you take out two plays, you know, that that the game comes out totally different, you know. And so, um, right, you know, and so you look at it like that, that means the difference between the first place team and the last place team is about 32 plays, which mm. isn't the whole game. You know, in a game, you're going to average about 70 plays. <laughs> right. So you're talking about a difference in 32 plays, which is half a game mm. or a third of a game. That's the difference. And so, yeah, when you get from college to the NFL, that's what you really do realize that the margin for error is so is just smaller. You know, the game speed doesn't change that much. Um, the things you see doesn't change that much. Just the margin of error is is smaller. Mm. This is your fourth fourth season with the Jets, uh, and this is probably a, a question for all the Jets fans in here. Do you, you think that this team, this Jets team, is better equipped to go farther than let's say any team so far that you've been on with, with the Jets? I mean, I don't know if it's it's, it's better equipped because, um, like I say, you know, every year you come in with the highest. I think every team, every year, their goal is to go to the Super Bowl. You know, they're not looking at the roster and saying, okay, well, we have this, we have this. They really think that they have players because of the talent level on all the teams is so high. And uh, we've had, we've had you know, incredible teams before, but, um, you know, we do have, we do, we do have 
a lot of talent on our team this year. You know, mm -hmm. and we have a uh, great coaching staff, and um, we believe in it. I don't know if that's to discredit or say it's better than any team that we had before, but we just have, you know, a lot of good players in the right pieces. Um, but what it really comes down to is, you know, executing in those games, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, just like Sunday came down to execution, not about, you know, what players you have, what, what coaches you have or um, what you didn't have before and you have it now. It comes down to executing. Is, is there anything you – and, again, I, 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 I'm just asking you this as a, as a, as a sports where I go back to the Sproles play because it's fascinating, you know. Is there anything you could have done that play and for the people to know – uh, you know, they, I guess we run a wheel route or something. Is there anything you could have done when you look back on it? Sometimes people, you just get beat. I mean, that's just. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sproles is like one of the best run in this league. Is there anything when you look back on it you should have you could have done differently on that play, or is it just one of those things where he just won? No, nah, that was that was on me. Um, I could have I could have did a couple things um, different that play. I could have switched. I could have switched responsibility with the safety. We could have because uh, his man ran an inside right. Oh, uh, you mean at that point? Right. At that before point the, before the play, we could have ran a we could have called a switch. Right. Um, that could have happened, or I could have uh, been more alert of the route that he was about to run. I'm thinking he was about to run a flat route and he ran a wheel route, mm. which. I came back in the reading in the paper. The coach did set that up because he saw the matchup with the linebacker and the running backs, and he knew that we were probably going to drive hard on the flat. Mm. Um, trying to make a play on the flat route, I look back at the quarterback, which you never want to do. Right. And man to man, you want to keep your eyes on your man. He turned it up, and mm. uh, Matthews made a good good play on that. You know, he yeah. caught the ball and scored, and you know, that's one of those one or two plays that you you know you look back and change because that wasn't necessarily something they did. That was just something. That, that you could have did different. Yeah. So, so I mean, this is such a game of chess. Do you so so next week? Do you do you say okay? You know, everybody's watching film. Mm -hmm. It's okay. We're gonna try this again. I mean, you know, is, is that the way it works, or is every game is every game linked? Is is this game linked to that game, or is is a game in London against Miami something completely different? And whatever happened Sunday is completely separate from what's gonna happen. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of hit and miss. Um, I think, you know, Miami is a very different team than Philadelphia. Offensively, what they do is very different, so it's going to look different. Mm -hmm. But they're going to try to do some of the same concepts that they saw work on us, mm -hmm. whether it was the Browns or whether it was uh, the Colts or you know Philly. If they mm -hmm. saw a concept that worked, they're going to try it. Just like uh, defensively, right. if we see a blitz scheme or a rushing scheme that causes concept um, causes problems for the offensive line, we're going to try those. And so. Um, it's just kind of a copycat league in that way, but mm -hmm. it's not to say that they're definitely going to try that. Um, you know, I doubt I doubt another team tries to run a wheel. I think you right. know uh, they see it, they may try to put it in, but if you're in position, a lot of times they're mm -hmm. not even going to try to throw that ball. And not everybody has a Sproles. I was going to say you can, right. but it wasn't Sproles who caught that it pass. Wasn't. That was uh, Matthews. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, right. so I keep saying I keep saying Sproles. Yeah, it was Matthews. Uh, and so well, Matthew, um, Matthews is nice too. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. take anything away from him. I keep yeah. saying, bro, I'm glad this wasn't in the paper. <laughs> I'd have to print a, correct, you'd have print a the, correction. You'd have the editor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but now you said something very interesting, bro. You said you read it in the paper. Now, most guys will say, man, I don't read the paper. I don't read the paper. You clearly read the paper, right? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah, it was either, I either read it on the internet or read it in the newspaper. I read the newspaper every morning. Mm -hmm. uh, the the, the physical? Yeah, I read the, USA, the, USA Today mostly. Okay. You read the New York so Times? Not the I read the New York Times sometimes. What about yeah. Daily News, the Post, the tabloids? 
Uh, <laughs> stay yeah, away yeah, from yeah, those. Yeah, I don't try to stay away. Tomorrow, from you those. supposed I like, to say I, like I read. <laughs> I read Bill Roden all the right, time. Right. <laughs> That's my favorite column, man. My bad. Right, right. <laughs> I thought you knew that. Yeah, I do now. See, uh, but I'd asked you before about you know how far you guys are to go, and, and this is really so much to get into comparisons to anything. What about your defense now? You going to your defense now ranked first in the NFL, so. And, and the Jets have had some really good defenses. What about the defenses? Do you think this defense is again? We're always going on potential. Potentially, can be maybe maybe one of the best defenses you've played on since you've been here. Uh, I think only time will tell. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not a person that, that like to talk about you know what something can be. I just mm-hmm. rather do it and then you know let it be what it be and let other people talk about it. Right, so right. Uh, if we work for it, certainly we can be uh, we could be as good or you know, as great as we want to be, it's it's just all on us and the way we practice and the way we execute on Sunday. Mm-hmm. What about what about Revis? Were you here uh, when Revis was here the first time? Yes. So, what was the difference? I mean, obviously he's a great player, great corner, but do, do you notice a huge difference now that he's back in terms of the entire defense? Does he make that big of a difference? Oh yes, he makes he makes uh, unquestionable uh, size difference. You can't even put it in. From the time I met Revis uh, when I was a rookie. You just noticed there was something different about him as a person. You know, you hear about him, and I'm not a person that's, that's starstruck, and I wasn't starstruck when I met him, but from the first time I walked, went into a practice and he was helping some younger guys and just going over and listening to him, you noticed that there was an aura mm-hmm. around him. Right. That he, you were talking to a legend. <laughs> it's, not, it's not because – and it hadn't – it wasn't that I knew um, what he had did and what his success was, but just listening to him and watching – you know, and, and looking in his eyes, you knew you were talking to a legend and, mm. and the seriousness that he took in his craft. And, you know, you just watch his, you watch his, what he does year in, year out. And then you um, bring him into a, um, to a, to a team who had a lot of success defensively last year. Um, and he comes back and, you know, you watch how it changes the defense and you watch how it change, how guys respond to him. And, mm. um, you know, what he, what he is to the team is, you know, is unmarked and unquestioned. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, one, one of the things we talk about in the show a lot is people who can't stand the test of time. You know, people who, it's one thing to be, you know, like five years in the league and being grateful for it, but it's something else to be 15 years or 14, 13, you know, in any, you know, I've been at the Times for 32 years, you know, and you kind of think about those kind of things. And, and that's why I guess I have respect for people like Revis, for Brady, you know, people who've done what they've done like for example, let's say by the time you're in the league, ten years, and let's say you make a couple all pro teams before, you know, and it's got to be because they know who you are, they know what you do. But despite the fact that they know what you do, they know what you're doing, you still do what you do, you know. So that's really got to be a, um, uh, you know, when you talk about Revis, that's really got to be something, I guess, that makes a, a big impression on you when you're looking at your, your your career. How do you stand the test of time? How do you how you turn four years into into eight, into yeah. ten, into fifteen. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm blessed to have a locker room. You know, I guess as many guys you can have in a locker room like that. You know, and so uh, it's not just Revis. You know, uh, you got Cromartie in his tenth uh, year, who's played cornerback at a high level for a long time. Uh, you got Calvin Pace, uh, who who is you know, if you ask any coach, probably one of the top outside linebackers as far as being able to play, run, rush the passer and stop the run. Mm. Um, you know, in his, uh, I think, 11th or 12th season. Um, then you got Dave Harris, who came in the same year as, as Revis. Um, 
you know, and he's, I think, uh, third all-time on the Jets tackle list, about to be second. You know, you're talking about nine consecutive years mm. of 100 tackles. You mm. know, it's just, you know, not not uh, easy to do. And so, and then you got on offense, Nick Mangle, the Brickershaw Ferguson, guys who've just been dominant at their position for for a long time. And, and uh, you got a Willie Colon right. playing on a couple of Super Bowl teams and right. still doing what he do. So you got a locker room, you see those guys, and you're like, wow, you know. You're blessed to be in a position where you can see those guys, see how they come to work, and all of them have that same professional mentality. They they take their jobs very serious, and you can see the difference between them and younger guys. Mm. You know how they how they treat their job, how they look at it, how they prioritize when they're in the building, when they leave, where they at when it. You know, they're always where they're supposed to be in the mm. meetings early, in the in the weight room, doing their job. Mm. They're not doing nothing, you know, just extravagant or you know just extraordinary all the time they're just consistently doing what they're supposed to be doing right right, right. 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 what Belichick says I'm not asking you to ju- just do your job that's it that's it and you see those guys and they're just time right. and time again right. you know they're, they're just doing their job and and that's what you you go to envy and you realize that if you want to have longevity in this league it's not about doing something you know just amazing all the time it's just consistently doing what you're supposed to do yeah. Well, I was going to ask you about you, but you seem to be, from the time I've been around you, which is a short time, you pretty much seem to be pretty serious about what you do, serious about your job. So, you know, it it wasn't a question about what do you need to change. It seems seems like you're kind of already doing that. It's just you have to keep doing what you're doing. What's sort of the the next level? I'm always trying to find, you know, areas where I can grow. Um, I look at I look at my life as uh, spiritual, mental, and physical. So I'm always trying to, to grow in all those areas. So I'm always just trying to grow deep in my faith. I think I am where I am because of my relationship with God, and mm-hmm. you know I know where He's brought me from and, and where He's trying to take me to. Uh, I'm always trying to grow my mind, grow with intellect. That's probably part of the reason why I'm meeting with you. You know, just expanding my mind, looking back at history and reading mm-hmm. books and you know, I read your book and it you know prompted me wanting to come meet you personally and talk mm-hmm. to you um, and then just as far as physically which I think is a lot with football you know I learned how to take care of my body mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm learning more still how to take care of my body you know what type of uh, massages acupuncture mm-hmm. uh, you know um, different little techniques to do in the off season and different things to do in the season to you know recover your body faster. I'm trying to learn to eat better. I'm from the south, so that's, <laughs> a, that's a little learning curve right, right. there, man. I, I like my collard greens, cabbage, you know, can, fried can, chicken. Wait, can you that, get that here? Can you get that in New York? No, nah, not. Wait a minute, no. you go. Wait a minute, you go. You not go like to you Cecil. But, but my 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 grandma, my mama, okay. my aunties, my mother, okay. all they always coming up. Okay. So you know the pot is always hot. They can <laughs> right, find right, it, right, right. You know, but just going and getting it when they not around is right. kind of hard. But I thought, but greens are okay, aren't they? They're okay, but I'm just, no, I mean, not, not, not what you're used to. But they're healthy. Uh, aren't greens healthy? Yeah, when you, you know when you <laughs> take out the pork, do them the right way. They ain't got ham hogs, <laughs> <laughs> all kind of bacon in it and stuff right. like that. That's funny. You gotta go to the Cecil. Have you been to the Cecil? I've been to Cecil's. Cecil's. You been to the Cecil restaurant yeah. up in yeah, Harlem? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cecil's is. Yeah. yeah. Did you have the macaroni yeah, and yeah, cheese? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like, I like Cecil's. I can't remember exactly what I got, but it was good. Yeah. Okay. I remember Cecil's. All right, we want to get them into the sponsor. By nice the way. little plug. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get um, the, the one sort of inside football thing. I'm fascinated by um, your first year as a starter was 2013. Mm-hmm. You guys beat the Patriots, mm-hmm. and. I think that Brady is again. I, I was I was killing New England just in terms of the cheating stuff, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I turn to that because you have to. But if if you ask me, with two minutes left, and you got to drive, and you need a quarterback, the engineer to drive, of all the guys you want, who do you want? I'm saying, okay, Tom Brady. Right. That's who I want. Right. Yeah, but the guy with the football, I don't care about that. Right. That's who I want to run the team. But but you guys, being what makes a guy like Brady um, uh, special? I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but just what makes a guy like that? And I guess you could add man or anybody else. But but what, what makes a guy like Brady um, who he is and who who's been able to do that for so long? Um. I don't know. I don't like to talk too much about guys in my division, but <laughs> you know, I can't really, I can't really praise them to the moon. Right, you know, right, I gotta right. play against them. But I, I think, I think, I think what 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 um, makes him very tough to beat mm-hmm. is he has a quality that's similar to um, Kobe Bryant and mm-hmm. um, guys like Michael Jordan. It's that that will to win, mm-hmm. no matter the situation. That there's just that deep down will to win, you know. And so. Uh, you know, I recognize that because that's that's um, kind of how I look at it. When you play, you got to have that I'm going to win at all costs type of mentality, and, and, and he has it, you know. And so mm. uh, I think that's just what separates him. Mm. Anyway, okay, we won't go, we won't go yeah, any we further. Ain't good we're good that's good enough. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I was thinking about that. I didn't really realize that part of it, but I, was t- I don't know if I told you. So I was uh, in South Africa a few years for the World Cup, and so Kobe Bryant, they just won the NBA championship. If we we stayed up till six in the morning watching, two days later he was in South Africa because they had the big Nike facility and he had to do that to promote soccer or something like that. So there was this uh, there was this something it's called a, a, a modeling. It was a, a night where where he was there and it was kind of so I went over there. We kinda, I know him professionally and we have a good professional relationship. So um, he was saying, man, you know, have you, he had just gone to a safari? He said, man, have you ever been on a safari? So I said, no. He said, man, you got to go on a fucking safari. And he told this story about they were on this truck, and they were said, man, there was a hyena. He had just, a pack of hyenas, and they had just focused on their prey. And we were from where you are to the hyenas, like five feet. And, man, they didn't even look at us. They were so locked in on their prey. And when he said that, it dawned on me, that's the difference between Kobe and LeBron. That, <laughs> that seriously, that what turned him on was how this prey was so focused on the prey that they blocked everything out. I yeah. said, that's, and this guy is so, like you said, those guys, they're so locked in on winning yeah. that if that's not what you're about, then I can't deal with you. You know, And, and yeah. that's a very rare thing. I don't know how many people you've come across, let's say, in your career in the league who are like that, but that's, you, you know, that's a really rare quality rare. to have. Very, you know? very, very rare. Very rare. Uh, well, LeBron's pretty good, too. Yeah, but he ain't like that though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, not, not this is not a basketball conversation, but but LeBron, who I think is a really intelligent, great guy, but you know, he would be like, yeah, he's kind of into this. I'm kind of into this. I'm kind of doing this. I'm kind of yeah. doing that. I'm here, yeah. that you know. Yeah. Where a guy like Kobe, Michael, they said, no, I'm into this. That's, yeah, That's yeah. the only like, like you're Brady, and, and and they're not really likable guys. I mean, you know, because. That's all they're into, right? Just, yeah, yeah, it's almost like yeah. a ill. It's like a sickness, almost. You know. Yeah, you hear the stories of you know them with their teammates. You know they don't really get along with their teammates because they're they're, they're pushing them so hard, right. right? You know to win. Right. That's just about Shaq. But anyway, that's another thing. <laughs> let, let me ask you this, man. What what brought you? What brought you uh, to to, uh, to football? What 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 brought you into not the NFL, but just what brought you into football? Man, I've been playing football my whole life. If I try to think back as far as I can, 
Um, I remember myself playing football in the street versus my cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from, growing up in Mississippi. Yeah, I'm from a small town, College, Mississippi. Um, my first cousin is Steve McNair. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I still got memories of that sitting out in, in the street playing catch with him. Mm, and so wow. my whole family, my grandmother had 10 kids, and um, all the males in my family played football, and um, all my cousins played mm-hmm. football. And so I had a lot of great role models coming up at every level who had all, all of them had you know tremendous amounts of success playing the game and so um that's what got me into it you know and just competition was birthing me um at a young age i'm five years old mm. i was playing one-on-one with my cousins <laughs> and you know they were older than me and so i would always lose <laughs> but I, I mean just watching that they were getting the praise when they would beat me you know it just kind of got to me you know and so uh i think i think that the light bulb really went off one day I was out there playing, and my, my older cousin, I think two years older than me, he beat me, and I started crying. <laughs> and my uncle came up to me. I mean, it was it was family events. You know, like, we'd be out there. It was like the Super Bowl. <laughs> got the family in the, on, on the porch watching, you know, one-on-one. So when you lose, you know, it's like a big letdown. <laughs> Every catch, everybody, oh, oh. You know, so it's a letdown. So I'm over there crying, and my uncle just came to the side, and he was like, you know, that's why you never gonna you know be good at, at mm. football is because you know you cry too much. Oh wow! And when he said that, oh wow! From that, that's the, how old were you? I was probably about six, seven years Yikes. old. Yikes! So <laughs> when he when he said that, that's when that's when I put it in my mind like I don't care. I'm I'm gonna make it. You hmm. know? So from there, it just it just pushed a, 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 a tenacity in me that you know I may lose you know to start, but I ain't gonna keep losing. Mm. You know, I'm gonna find a way to win. You played other sports too, also, right? You played basketball. Yeah, 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 Track? yeah, yeah. Um, my uncle, my uncle and parents, they got me um, into uh, baseball. Was my next sport that that I played a lot, football okay. and baseball. And then I got into basketball when I got in eighth grade. Wasn't that good at it right away, but worked at it. Mm-hmm. You know, got into the starting lineup by the time I was a sophomore, averaging like uh, thirteen, fourteen my what, senior year. What position? Uh, small forward and, and uh, power forward, kind of right. depending on what we were doing. If it was a half court type game, mm-hmm. I was gonna play the four. If it was fast paced game, I was gonna play the three. So would you have preferred basketball? basketball? Yes, yes, yes. Really? If I was a little <laughs> bit taller, man, I actually uh, coming out. I had uh, a couple of junior colleges. I had I had two Division One offers, a couple of HBCU offers, mm-hmm. and uh, I had like uh, it was two or three uh, junior colleges that offered me to come play football and basketball. Mm. And I was actually about to turn down the turn down the D1 offers to go and play uh, basketball and football. Really? But mm. then my basketball coach called me in. He was like, you know, I want you to look at something. He was like, look at your hands. I can barely play on my basketball. Mm, right, you know, right. and he was like, you ain't got basketball hands, so just go and go play football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, was been crushing. Yeah, it wasn't crushed because I kind of knew that. But, uh, <laughs> football, I've always felt natural. Basketball, I kind of had to, to work for it and never really felt natural on the court. You know, I just kind of um, kind of used my strengths. But, um, yeah, man. So. They're, prima, they're prima donnas. But basketball, you know, I was just, I played football in college. I was the basketball guy. They get... It's like winter. They've got like all the, the women and the yeah, clothes. Man. What's wrong with that? <laughs> no, no. Well, because I ain't getting no. Because we wearing the, the helmets. Yeah, and the, man. You got the brew. We got the hard job in the football. You always grew up, you grew up envious of the basketball player. Right. That's for sure. That's right. for sure. Even today. What? What? Uh, what? 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 So, but the million dollar question. We talked about this outside. About would you? You have two young young children, yes, boy and yes, a girl. Yes. And, the, and the million dollar question: Will you let your, or will you, or would you let your son? What daughter she has, but you don't play football 
when the when the time comes. Yes, uh, will I? Will I? If that's that's the choice that my son makes that he wants to play, right? Uh, I'll let him play. It'll probably be around after eighth grade. I'm not gonna steer him towards football. I'm trying to steer him away. I'm gonna try to steer him towards uh, baseball, basketball, soccer, golf, other sports that um, a little more lucrative, mm-hmm. <laughs> and try to push him towards those. Now, if he tells me, you know, Dad, I want to play football, and that's what I want to do. Hey man, I'm gonna make sure he can be the best at what he does, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's not gonna be the first direction I steer him, and it's not not for the um, the cautious reason that a lot of parents don't want their children to play um, because they feel like it's dangerous. Just because I just feel like there are uh, other opportunities in sports available right. that I wasn't aware of when I was coming up. Like what do you mean, like like front office stuff, owning stuff, or or just different sports? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even from that standpoint, even from that standpoint of. Uh, um, owning sports and you know I think that's more about who you know and making the right connections and being in the right position um, but just even sports like baseball you know you, those guys I don't, I don't discredit anything baseball players do but they do get the chance to sit in the dugout and <laughs> <most of the laughs> eat sunflower seeds and then walk away with a 140 million dollar contract that's not bad I'm, that's well, not football bad. players get a 40 million dollar contract and they, all of it ain't even guaranteed that's right. That's right. You know, we out there throwing our bodies on the line every day what, what do you I always, I always think about that I always have this conversation about you know why that is I what I, what first comes to my mind is you know shorter shorter season you know less games sixteen games mm-hmm. compared to the number of games that baseball players and mm-hmm. basketball players play mm-hmm. and then the guaranteed contracts you got to look at it whereas you you guys probably deserve it mm-hmm. because you're likely to get injured but that, at the same time that's why you won't get it because mm-hmm. they know you're likely to get injured so why would I give you a guaranteed contract but what's what's your feeling as far as that goes I mean it's I, I'm not saying you're resentful of me, but you had you definitely had a feeling about it, right? I mean, they they talk about they talk about baseball and uh, basketball make more money because you know they have longer schedules. But I'd be interested to look at what the con- the TV contracts, uh, the differences in TV contracts. What's the price of a TV contract oh, in basketball? Man. What's the price of a TV contract in football? Oh, these you talking about these multi billion dollar <laughs> contracts that you get in the NFL. For ten uh, years for a company to buy it, red that's, zone. That's all oh, going. Direct NFL, TV. <laughs> NFL is printing yeah. money. Printing so that's, money. That, that's what I would be interested. You talking about? You talking about the uh, the world's top game? You know, and right? No question. You got professional baseball in other countries. You got professional basketball in other countries. It's going around the world. Football, the level that we play at, is only in America. Right. Only in America. So you talking about that money comes to rarity. And that's just we have a product that's rare, and so you look at that and you put things in, into perspective. And I think that's where you get stuff like you know brother brother Roden's book when you break it down. It's <laughs> <Right. So, laughs> so, about forty million dollars slaves, by the way. Yeah. But, but but I mean, but I wonder because you think about that, and I mean you got to play the game, right? But I'm at some point between you know Monday and Friday, and you think about you look in the Sports Business Journal. And these people are making so much money, they don't know what to do with it. And yeah. then you look at like how much I'm making, and you're like, wait a minute, there's something wrong with this picture. I'm playing the hardest sport, that's the most lucrative sport, and got the least amount of insurances. Right. This is like Rome, man. It's like ancient <laughs> Rome, man. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's something, you know, it's something. And I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed to play the sport that I play right. and, and do what I do. 
Um, but that's why I say, you know, I, I did this so my, my kids wouldn't have to. This is definitely the hard route. And granted, I know everybody in America who doesn't play in the NFL would take being in the NFL any day. And I don't. And I don't. I see the hits. Yeah. I watch every week. I'm like, how did he get up? <laughs> what? And, and, uh, and I love what I do. You know, right. I think you got to be a little crazy to play, play football. Right. And I right. love what I do. And I'm passionate about it. But, you know, when you. When you do look at TV and look at people who ain't, they body's not as in jeopardy as yours, you know, week in, week out, and, right. uh, you know, and their sport isn't as popular as yours, but they they living way more, you know, luxurious than you and making more. It's not that you're not grateful, it's just you want to be able to, you want the pot to be even. Well, you know what, I mean, that kind of gets back into, I didn't plan to discuss this, but I've covered a lot of the strikes, the labor strikes, going back to in 1882. I've had good friends, you know, good friends who played for the Cowboys. You know, in fact, you know, one of my friends played for the Dallas Cowboys. We, we played together. I went to Morgan, uh, HBCU, by the way, which where you may should have gone, but that's okay. We <laughs> don't hold against you. Jamal here went to A&T, North Carolina. Okay, right, okay, okay. HBCU is in the house. You don't know what. Y'all, y'all deeper here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's okay. We, you know, we, we forgive you. Yeah. But, but he got drafted, and I, this, this is a long drawn out story. But it was he got drafted a couple years ahead, and you know that's where I really began thinking of the business of sport because you know, he was about to make the team. And then they had all these incentives written into his contract and then Mel Renfro's contract, you know, who was a who was a free safety at the time, getting all kinds of interceptions. And Mark, so they said they wrote a contract, well, well, Mel, if you lead the league in interceptions, blah, 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 and Mark, if you start. So they brought in Herb Adderley. Herb Adderley took Mark's place at corner. Renfro was switched to a corner, which automatically means you're not going to get the kind of thing. And they wanted this white guy, Charlie Waters. They needed him to kind of be in the start, you know, and I'm thinking all this stuff happened it had nothing to do with playing football. It had all to do with, you know, who we need to be the face of it and who we don't, you know. And that's kind of, and it was like I was like 18, 19, something like that. I'm like, whoa, man, this is a whole nother thing. I thought that this shit was like fair, level playing field and all that, you know. So what you're saying, then you talk about the money being made. And then the, the, the idea was, see, a lot of the white guys tend to think that you getting over something, man, they screwing all y'all. You know, they're making you think that you're getting more, but all y'all are like cattle. So, but then you, you're playing a very physical game, so you can't really be thinking about this. You got you to gotta protect yourself. You got to play as hard as you can. You got to win and all that. But deep down, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, you kind of, I don't want to say getting screwed. You're not getting screwed, but there's a little imbalance there. Right, yeah. And, you, and you know, you're growing up playing a game you love. Like you said, right. you've been, like you you fell in love with the game at an early, early age. So you, of course, you're not really going to think about the stuff beyond the love of the game until later when you get older and wiser, right? Right. I mean, you, you learn you learn that. Um, you don't think about that when you kid. A kid in high school right, he's playing football, play. he ain't thinking, you know, that what, what's going on in the game. But once you get there, you know, you kind of, you know, wake up to it. Um, and that's, that's, that's the reason why I say, you know, I did it so my kids wouldn't have to, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll educate my kids on it, you know, coming up that when he knows he'll make an educated decision. Like right, right. he's not going to look, look at when he get into the league and be like, Oh, I should have thought about this different. He going to know ahead of time right, right, what right. he's getting himself into. That's right. And, um, and then I also say that the difference between football and, um, basketball and baseball, football is probably, um, I ain't going to say 
easiest like to neglect talent and, and work ethic, but it's it's the easier of the sports to make it into. It's not as many positions in basketball available. You have to it, there is really a height requirement in basketball, right? Uh, <laughs> and uh, in baseball, you know, it, it requires a lot of a lot of skill right. and a lot of really good things going in your favor right. um, to make it. Because you get drafted to high school or college, you still got to go through the. the Single A, Double A, Triple A. Right. You know that's a lot of players in those systems. Right. You know, and to make it, and uh, so I think it's the it's the easier of the sports, but not to say that you can't make it in all of them. And so, um, and, and like you said, when you out there playing on that field, um, you can't be thinking about all that. You better not be thinking about all that. Cause you're gonna <laughs> right. get, you're gonna get right. cracked or right. something. Right. <laughs> be this ain't fair. You looking at all the people in the stand. You looking at it on TV, the instant replay. I need more of this. How can I get more of this? You better be on your P's yeah. and Q's. You'll be on the wrong end of a highlight. <laughs> Let me ask you. This. I'm always fascinated by this. You you talked about growing up in in uh, in, um, in Mississippi. Um, and uh, but and you, you, I run a sports and recreation program at my church up in Harlem. And so, you know, close your eyes. Imagine we go back to uh, to to the, the city. What's what's the city you were born? In? What's the, what's the Brandon. Brandon? I was born in College, Mississippi, but I lived in Brandon, Mississippi. Brandon. Yeah. So, um, so imagine you're ten years old. You know, there are about 20, 20 kids in the gym. I'm coming to speak to you, and I and I say, okay, everybody, close your now. How many of you want to play professional athletes, uh, athletics, and like all you kids? Let's say you're ten. Everybody raise their hand, right? You know, now here it is, 20 years later, you, you know, are in the NFL. You're starting inside linebacker in New York for the New York Jets. I'm always curious about that because it happened for you. Everybody would have raised their hand, 10 years old, but out of all the kids raised their hand, here you are in New York, New York Jets. I'm just curious, when you look back, how did that happen? How much, how much, was, um, how much was luck? How much was perseverance? How much was faith? You know, how how you know when you when you look back on it? Man, um, I think about that from time to time because I remember uh, this one guy, you know, came and talked at our school. I can't remember the guy. I don't, I don't think he was a professional athlete. I think he played like college ball or something. He mm-hmm. well known, but he spoke at our middle school, and I remember him asking like, "How many of you guys want to be professional athletes?" And all the guys in, in in the gym raise their hand. It's sixth, seventh, eighth grade. It's, it's probably 600, 700 students. Everybody raise their hand. And I'm like, God. And then he was like, maybe one of you guys in here will make it. Maybe one. And I'm just like, no way. I'm looking at some of my friends. I'm like, man, all of us going to make it, man. It's, it's me. It's my homeboy. Rod, baby. Like, I'm, I'm looking at everybody. I'm like, well, we all going to make it, man. So... You know, now you look at it and you look back and you're like, man, he wasn't lying. You know, it's like only guy in my in my uh, school that went to my school at that time that, that's playing now, um, probably like the only one in my county, hmm. you know. And so, um, you know, and that's just like, you know, that's, that's kind of mind-blowing. But when you look back, I think it's a combination of all those things. Um, I did have a will. I said it in my mind like I told you way before that, that I was going to make it. You mm-hmm. know, when I said I'm going to the NFL, I wasn't just saying it because there's something I wanted to do or I thought I could do. It was in my mind, like, regardless of what the situation, I never thought that I wasn't going to be here. Um, but I think uh, the biggest part of that is uh, is God mm-hmm. and my relationship with God because um, I almost derailed my own life. You know, I was getting in trouble. Uh, my, mom, my mom was raising me as a single parent. You know, she had me when she was 16. 
So when I got to high school and, you know, peer pressure and all that started rolling in, I'm looking at guys outside, um, looking at what they're doing, living in a bad neighborhood, watching them um, get into a lot of the wrong things. So I started doing a lot of the wrong things. Almost derailed my life, got suspended from school, uh, well, got expelled from school, mm-hmm. was fortunate enough to come back, uh, went to jail in college. So I had a lot of turmoil that I was fighting in, but mm-hmm. God, God sent a guy by the name of Chuck McElroy uh, who was my team chaplain in college, and he he brought me by the side and really started to break down the Bible with me, and um, you know the verses started to really speak to me. Mm. You know, and saying you know if you're gonna call yourself a Christian, your life gotta line up with it. You know, I was born in the Bible Belt. Everybody went to church, so right, I'm right, like, right. okay, I go to church. I'm a Christian. My life wasn't showing up with that, and so he challenged me in some some things, and uh, I really it really surrendered my life to God, and from there my life went up in a 180 and so then all the things that I was trying to do I wasn't getting in my own way anymore mm. so then I started to to, to to progress and things started going the right direction and um, you know I think I looked up like three or four years later and you know I was in the NFL and mm. ever since I've been in the league it's just been really like a dream come true you know every day I it's, it's, I still haven't <laughs> from the time I got drafted I still haven't I guess came down or realize like dang this is really it like I can't wrap mm. my mind around it. it's almost like when I look at my my daughter right. I can't wrap my mind around the thought that I created her I can't <laughs> put my mind around it. it's just so amazing like I'm amazed every time I look at her or my son and it's the same thing with NFL I can't really wrap my mind around it. like dang I ain't really here mm. so um, new, new father here yeah oh, I know I know the feeling congratulations yeah, brother. thank you congratulations yeah. thank you so it's the same thing would you have boy or girl boy yeah how old 14 months now yeah 14 months mm-hmm. so yeah it's the same feeling you know how you try to wrap your mind around like yeah. how do I process it's the right. same thing with the NFL so right. my daughter's 24 and I still can't <laughs> process it I'm like yeah, it how did change, I create right? this beautiful young lady who's got sophistication she's you know, when you think about things you think about what really matters right in life right that's kind of it but you, you you mentioned two things that you know I want to go back you, you were getting in trouble in, 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 um, in high school something happened in college but something happened. In other words, you said you almost derailed, and you didn't. Mm-hmm. What happened when you when you when something happened in high school? Was it just sort of a guardian angel that kind of bailed you out of it? Uh, what what happened that you were able to to not? Uh, I think it was like a um, wake up call. Mm-hmm. Um, I had gotten in trouble so many times, <laughs> man, and kind of got warning signs. And um, I always had a, um, I knew God was there. And you know, I was I always had a fear of God, but I just wasn't cognizant of what a real relationship with him looked like. So, um, I got kicked out of school and got suspended from school. You know, and my whole time, every time I got in trouble, I'm like, it's not my fault. This is somebody else's fault. Just blaming yeah. other people. You know, and so I uh, got kicked out of school. Still didn't kind of get my mind right. I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna do this. And you, st- and you in your mind, you just you don't realize that you getting in trouble. You think everything's just gonna work out, work itself. Like I'm gonna <laughs> right. get back in school and everything gonna be good, right. and, you know. And so I got kicked out, um, and then I was out with some friends and just uh, just roughhousing and, and playing around and um, doing some things we shouldn't have been doing. And I cut my arm open. I cut my mm. arm open, and uh, just like a deep gash. And then mm. I had to wake my mom up in the middle of the mm. night. You know, she was panicking and scared. I'm like, we gotta go to the hospital. My arm cut open, and mm. she took me up there. And I'm just laying there, mm. and he's uh, I can show it to you, but um, the guy's doing um stitches, and he's you know sewing my arm back together. And I just look down at like how close the incision is to my 
to my oh, wrist. Shit. Like I'm looking from here. Like if it would have been right there, it would have been over. It would have been over. And somebody actually saw that the other day, and they was like, "Oh, you real lucky." But uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking at how close that was to my wrist, and I'm while I'm sitting on the table. It was the first time I had heard like an audible voice from God in my mind, and then uh, it was just like you know, in my head, just like that's strike two, mm. and it was just like you got kicked out of school, you didn't learn your lesson, that was strike one. Now you don't cut your arm open, this strike two. The mm. next strike, you're gonna be in jail or in the grave. And so when he said jail, it wasn't like you're going to jail for a few days. No, you're gonna be in jail for a long time, or you're gonna be in the grave. And so I knew right then, like that straightened me up. I was a sophomore in high school. From there, went. <laughs> I ain't had no more problems out of my teachers. I was on a roll from there on out, just quiet. Because I used to, like, go at my coaches. Like, they'll say something, and I'd be like, no, nah, I'm going to do it this way. Mm. So, I mean, no more of that. Just, just straight and narrow. Uh, just everything was cool from there. And then kind of, you know, that's when the scholarships started coming in. And uh, that kind of got me on the straight and narrow until I got to college. But when I got to college, I was that small fish in the big pond mm. you know and so you try to make a name for yourself you want to be the guy on campus and so that's when I got back to Wild and then that's when the guy got me so I think that's you, what kind of saved me in that point now you went to Arkansas State yes uh, you could have were you recruited by any you know like like Arkansas or SEC or something like that or what I mean it, it probably turned out to be a blessing but how widely were you recruited uh I had a little notoriety in my state a little um Ole Miss and Mississippi State were kind of just fluttering, but they never came with any official uh, offers. Mm -hmm. They talked to me. Uh, Southern Miss offered me. Um, was the next school that offered me. Everybody thought I was going to go to Southern Miss. Um, Alcorn offered me. Um, I believe Jackson State offered me. Uh, and there's just a bunch of junior colleges around mm -hmm. the area they offered me. And so... Um, Eric yeah. McNair they could not convince you to go to Alcorn? We actually, I, I, I wasn't going to go at all. I'm like, I, in a way, I'm going to Alcorn. Just no way. You know, it was just because you were a kid, and, and that's the thing that, you know, after reading the book, too, that you realize is that it's not even a question of people want kids these days wanting to go to HBCUs. It's right. not even in the, right, you know, right, right, right. Uh, you just don't even stand a chance, you know. And so I'm like, Mom, ain't no need. And she like, let's just go down and visit. We, let's at least go, they they got a visit set up. Let's go down there and visit. I'm like, Mom, we wasting our time going down there. So uh, when I went to Arkansas State, I knew mm. after the visit I was going to Arkansas State because it was just a way to get away. Mm. I was going uh, Mississippi, uh, Southern Miss. I just didn't want to go down there. We went in ways, but. Arkansas State, I mean, uh, Alcorn, you know, went down there and, and all they talk about is Aaron McNair. <laughs> and I'm like, that's my cousin. You know, I know everything right. it is to know about him. So, um, but they did. They were the only convincing thing. They wanted me to come down there and play offense. So mm. I was thinking about going down there. And if I look back on it, you know, that that, that would probably be the only other thing that I might have done is I would have went HBCU. Yes, rather the whole life would have changed. Your life is pretty cool <laughs> now. It's pretty cool. It's pretty, pretty cool now. Do you shave? Do you, do, you, do you shave tomorrow? Like with uh, like with a razor on it? No, 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 no. no. Uh. I, just, I just trim. Oh well, listen. <laughs> you <laughs> me, could me you too. you you may if you get. Cause I do shave. Okay. I mean, they look like. And in fact, they get this is this bevel. Bevel is one of the companies that sponsored this. And I was saying, I started to shave, and so I got home. I took two weeks off. Was in, I went to Paris. And I came back, and there was this like box that's in my office. And my birthday is September 2nd, so I thought somebody, one of my colleagues here, sent me a, a, a gift, but it said it was Bevel, the Bevel Shaving Company. And they, they hooked me up. They sent me a straight razor, the cream, that you, the shave, the after thing. I mean, it was really like a very nice hookup. 
So I could read this thing from the heart because I do. It, it is a good product. Um, so this is what I'm saying. But this is true. This episode, this great episode, by the way. I got to say, man, this has been a great. This has been one of the greatest conversations we've had, man. This is really tremendous. Cool. Uh, and it's brought to you by Bevel, the first and only shaving system designed specifically for coarse, curly, and sensitive skin. Elevate your shave game and say goodbye to razor bumps with Bevel. Check out GetBevel.com. Use code Bill to get 20% off your first month at GetBevel.com. That's GetBevel.com. And, you know, maybe we could hook you up because there may, may be some people in your family yeah, tomorrow yeah, yeah, who yeah, actually My dad this. is in the Army, so he shaves all the time. <laughs> he's still in the Army? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh, he's, he definitely is a candidate for yeah, Bevel because yeah, yeah, right, they don't play that stuff, right? They don't play nah, the nah, beards nah. and all that. None of that. None of that. All right. So, cool. Bevel.com. All right. Um, I want to ask you something um, before we get to, before, Jamal, you do your thing. Now, your dad also plays DraftKings, right? Yeah, 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 he does. So maybe we should oh, do that wow. now, because because this is you, you got Jamal, are you, Jamal uh, plays. players allowed to play? They don't no, have any rules against I, it. Yeah, but I know you probably don't it. play, but they don't let us play fantasy. Oh, really? They, it's like yeah. it's part, it's in the uh, yeah, whatever it's contract like they give you. Handbook or something. Like okay. that. it's kind of gambling, right? I mean, it's kind of yeah. it, it really wouldn't be fair. No, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be you fair. Know. I mean, All you know, it's 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 player based, so you'd be betting on yourself, but whatever. Yeah. You know, he's, you, we're talking about fantasy football here. Your season-long fantasy football team may be going strong. My, you know, I'm in four leagues, so mine, mine is strong here, not so strong somewhere else. But you don't have to wait until week 16 to get paid. Put your fantasy skills to the test every week this season at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. With one-week fantasy, there are no season-long commitments. Got an injured player? No problem. It's like a new season every week, so you're never stuck with the same players. And get this, DraftKings is crowning a new millionaire every week this season. That means you can turn your love of football into a payday of a lifetime. Just pick up your players, pile up the points, and pick up your cash. That's it. Believe me, you've never experienced football like this before. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now. Use promo code RODEN, R-H-O-D-E-N, and play for free with your first deposit in this Sunday's $1 million fantasy football contest mm. where first place takes home a hundred grand. hundred grand. Enter RODEN, R-H-O-D-E-N, for free entry now. Only at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. You know, I kind of feel about DraftKings. I don't know if I should say this. I feel about DraftKings, where you feel about the NFL, mm-hmm. about printing money. And you're like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> when does this filter die? But I guess that's the conversation we got to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like a TV contract, you know? That's yeah. that's more money for the NFL right there. Yeah, but okay, so we start that. But Maybe. I like the trickle-down concept. Yeah. Boy, I, just a couple of things, man. What what was you, you talked about every day you kind of go to work, go to camp, or go, you're wondering, how did I, and I mess, you know, if you grew up, like going from the small town in Mississippi then on, on game day and seeing like 70, 80,000 people, not just in New York, every single place you go, you know, and it's like one of these dream comes true. What was draft day like for you? You know, when, when you know, you get drafted, I think you, you were drafted in the third round, uh, 70, what were you, 77. 77th overall. Yeah. What was that like? What was draft day like? It must have been like Christmas. Man, it was, <laughs> it was, it was really amazing. Um, I was in my, uh, my grandma, my grandmom's house and, um, the whole family was there. Uh, we had like a barbecue, and I'm um, in a small town, so um, the whole city um, kind of pretty much came out. Mm. You know, we had a barbecue and just kind of 
hung back and played cards. And I knew I wasn't going the first day, but I had a chance. I knew it was probably going to happen on the second day or if not the second day, the third day. So I was just kind of playing it cool. Um, wife there, family there. Um, so we just played cards and just kind of hung out for the most part of the day. And then when the draft came on, you know, we turned the TVs on, but I just kind of just kind of popped in and out, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of stay low because I didn't want to get, you know, too anxious right. about it. Um, and so I was just sitting there and the draft was going on. We were talking and laughing and uh, my phone rung and mm -hmm. um, I had to take a visit to the Jets and so it said New York Jets. Mm -hmm. and my mom saw what the, my phone, because my phone was by my side and it started um, vibrating. Vibrating. And when she saw it, she looked down and was like, this New York Jets. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like everybody started screaming before I even picked up the phone. Right. And so uh, when I answered the phone, I had to go in the back and um, uh, I think it was Mike Tannenbaum, mm. Woody, and Rex. Um, I was talking to them, and they were just asking, you know, was I ready to be a, a Jet? Mm. Uh, from that point, it was just like, a oh, wow, this wow. is, like, really happening. Mm. And, um, like, I just started thinking, like, I'm going to be on a flight to New York soon and, like, starting my career, I'm going to be in the New York Jet, you mm. know? And so um, then, like, different media stations start calling, and, mm. man, I just, like... Uh, I got off the phone, went in there, hugged my mom. She was crying. Mm. My wife was just sitting there looking in shock and mm. just big smile on her face. So I hugged her. Mm. Then I just went outside and man, it was just like the, the town was going crazy. Mm. People, were, wow. people were going running. Mario going to New York. Mario going to New York. Wow, like Joe Lewis. Yeah, it was, just, it was, it was, it was really crazy. Wow. It was a magical moment and everybody was just mm. you know hugging, saying congratulations and. From there, we just turned the music on and hung out all night, man. It was just, it was a fun time, man. A real mm, fun time. That's great, man. That's 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 great. What what was what was you talked about, Steve, before McNair, who was somebody I, I obviously knew. I've known Steve for a long time and thought and still think he was one of the most solid people I've met. You know, um, what impact did he have on your life and in your career, and what impact does death have have, have on you? Uh, what type of impact did he have? Um, like I told you, I had somebody at all levels to look up to. You know, I had cousins who played high school, and I wanted to be like them. I had cousins who played in college, and I wanted to be like them. And Steve was a cousin in the pros that, you know, he did it. He made it in the pros and was a success and a legend. And, you know, that's kind of who I want to emulate and um, be like or uh, be better than, you know, and um, kind of continue to carry that torch and, inspired my cousins like he inspired me he was it was a generational difference so I didn't get to have a lot of the heart to heart conversations mm -hmm. with him but you know just seeing him and seeing how he was towards his family and his friends and how he looked and took care of the community and gave back and man just a great individual um that's the type of impact he had on me you know uh, on and off the field you know uh he was great you know on the field and he was a great person off the field and that's what we talk about in giving back to the community mm -hmm. and stuff like that he did that so much um, and then just death, man. Um, you know, I'm always conscious conscious of of, of death. I'm not uh, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of dying and not having made an impact. Mm. That's kind of how I live. So it's like I live every day trying to make an impact on somebody. People are not gonna remember you for what you do, but what you did for them. So I'm just trying to impact the individuals I'm around on a daily. Um, and that's just kind of how I look at it. And so I just try to take. Uh, a message from everybody's death. Um, you know, I look at his death and it was just a very tragic way and how he died. And uh, I just try to take it and learn from that, you know, and so um, to use that and, and grow from that personally. Mm -hmm. you, you talked before, we talked about this a little bit before, just how you can get caught up 
you know, and, and again, Steve's one of the most solid guys I met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but you know, you see, you've been around like four years now, but it's easy to get caught up in oh, this stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, particularly yeah. you're in New York, which yeah, is like, yeah. you know, <laughs> gee, yeah. you know, how, how, I, I'm not sure what the question is behind this, I guess, except do you <laughs> agree with the statement? It is so easy to get caught up mm-hmm. in this stuff. How do you resist it? I mean, how do you not get caught up with everybody telling you how great you are and the more you get, the everything is yes, 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 and mm-hmm. you can't do any wrong, like you said, you learned in, in high school, mm-hmm. then you went to college and it was like another level. Mm-hmm. You learned in college, mm-hmm. now you're here, which is almost like, this is like the all-star game, you know? Mm-hmm. So, okay, right. we're gonna really test you. Mm-hmm. Do you really believe you, you're a man of faith? Mm-hmm. Okay, we got we got something for you. Oh, so you're gonna I, get right. tested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're get tested. Um, yeah, I look at it like um, I know who I am as a person, first of all. And first of all, I'm a servant of God and I always represent him. Um, I'm, I'm a husband and a father, uh, secondly, and then I'm a player for the Jets. So I just always think about what I represent. Um, and then when it comes in the face of uh, temptation, you know, I try to make choices that keep me away from it. I go home, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, <laughs> when I get done with games, I ain't going to, to party and celebrate. Not that I got anything against it. I go home. I spend mm-hmm. time with my family. Uh, my off time, I'm at home mm-hmm. with my family. I don't – I'd like to say I'm a homebody. I like being at home. But I know ain't nothing outside there <laughs> but trouble, you know. And a few times I do go out, I can see the temptation that's out there, you know. Mm. And so that helps me out. That helps me out a, a lot. But then I got a lot of no people, a lot of no people around me. I don't mm. have a lot. I don't have yes people around mm. me. My my family gonna tell me the truth. Mm. They not gonna be like you know. Oh yeah, everything all good. If I do bad, they be like, "Man, you 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 stunk it up out there, man. You pick it up, bro." Uh, you know, so on and off the field. And I got a friend the other day. I got a funny story. Uh, one of my best friends in Chicago. Mm. My wife picked up the phone and was playing with him. You know, and he was like, uh, "Hello, who is it? my wife? Name is Tamla." She was like, "This is Sarah." He was like, "I can hear him talking about." He's like, "Who is this?" She's like, "I'm Demario's friend, little special friend." Mm. And and he was like, "Put him on the phone." And he got on the phone. He like, man, what the f you doing? Man? You, about get, you about to get me in? You in some trouble, man? You don't know what you got going on, bro. But you know, from that point, it let me know what kind of friend I had. Right, that he right. wasn't just gonna be okay with me doing something right. that wasn't like my character. Right. He he he. That's the type of people you need around you. You know, you have another friend like, I see you, boy. I see what you're doing. Right, you right. got it going, man. I'm coming over. Yeah. yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I got that's the type of people yeah. I got around yeah. me, right. and and that's really what what helps me get grounded. I tell my wife, and my mom all the time that I forget a lot of times that I play in the NFL. Mm. You know, it's crazy to have people running up to me because I just be thinking I'm a regular, just an average Joe. Right. But then I remember, okay, this is why. So I have to take that with ground. And I, I take it as a as a huge responsibility. You know, a lot of people say that, you know, players shouldn't, we're not role models and the parents should be, and which is true, your parents should be the first role model. Um, but they do look to us, and that's a huge responsibility. So I look at it like, I know if I, I get it, go down or get into some trouble and my name is flashing at the bottom of that ticker, <laughs> some right. little kid that look up to me and I'm his favorite right. player, he gonna, be, he gonna be let down. So I try to take that, like I don't wanna be that person that let, let somebody, that young kid that I don't even know that's looking up to me, I don't wanna let him down. So mm-hmm. all that kind of plays into you know, who I try to be on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, thinking too, you have, you, you, you have young children. And I, was, I remember I had this conversation with Marion Jones a long time ago, because I was asking her, she had three kids. I was like, and, and I really like Marion Jones. I mean, I really mm-hmm. just, at, at her heart, 
She's yeah. just like, yeah, again, things happen, and you yeah, just yeah, yeah. get caught up. And I was thinking, well, you got these three kids. When they get to be like 14, 15, 16, mm. and they start doing the research papers and, mm. and on the and internet, what are you going to say? I right. mean, what do you, you know, what do you say if it's like, like in the 50s, maybe you could kind of yeah. like, keep away from the library or something, you know? <laughs> but now there's nothing you could do. Like, so by the time you, you know, by the time, let's say your kids are 12 and 13, right. it's kind of all there. And I said, yeah. well, you know, I don't, you know, what do you, what do you say? You know, yeah. what do you, what do you, what do you want to be able to say? Right. At 12 and 13, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, that's tough, man. And, and that's what, when I'm talking with my teammates or uh, talking with, you know, young college kids or high school kids, I'm trying to tell them that because I think it was a blessing that God took me through a lot, so much of that when I was young. I mean, my, my life up till I was, you know, 19 was, was crazy, you know? And so I think God took mm. me through a lot of that because I know firsthand that you don't have to be looking for trouble at all. I wasn't <laughs> looking for it, but it was finding me <laughs> and it was sticking to me and I couldn't escape it. And so that's people just, I mean, I'm just going out for a good time. I ain't looking for no trouble. I ain't trying to get into it, man. It will find you. Mm. And that's why that's a big reason why I go home. You know? Right. So, you know, I know, everything that's out there I know what it is you know and so I'm not, I'm not like I'm just at home longing to be out there or wishing I, I got it all out of my system you know I know mm -hmm. what it is and I know that it's more to lose than it is to gain from it and so that's kind of just how I play it and so you know you, I'm, a, I'm a also a, a person that's always telling everybody man everybody deserves a second chance and a third chance and a mm -hmm. fourth chance you know it I ain't saying put it, put your dollar on it, but, <laughs> but don't right. don't don't look at them and despise them for what they did because it could be you at any moment. You know, you bring up a good point. I'm going down to um, to Pittsburgh uh, Thursday when Michael Vick is going to start, mm -hmm. and to me, that's almost one of the. And, I, and again, Michael, I keep saying I like people. And again, when I say I like people, I like them professionally because mm -hmm. you know we don't really know you. We know each other right. yeah, like, yeah, professionally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's all you can. Right. I tell brothers, man. Wait, I, Listen, man, that's all I know right. is what I see here, which you know, that's a lot of other people know, too, right. is what they see. you know. But with Vic, I'm thinking, this guy, man, he did his thing, did time, which a lot of people just don't do the time. He yeah. did. They took yeah. two gigantic gaps yes. Yes. out of his life. Yes. And think that you were probably like 10 or something when he was like at his, mm -hmm. at his peak, 10 or 12. Yeah, yeah. But you were talking about second chance. So I'm like kind of, see, kind of pulling for the guy yeah. just to... Because he was such a, a a great player, and he went to the dark side, spent his two years there. Right, and right. since he's been out, he's been right. like, I don't even want a dog, you know. Well, he <laughs> he does say he did say he would like to get his family a dog, right? right you know. Right. But my, my 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 point though is though that per second third chances, I guess the question becomes: At what point do you just kind of stop bringing it up? You know, like with yeah, with Vic right. or you know Piffany Prince who plays. You know, at what point right. do you just I, you did it when you were 18 and 19. At what point do you, do you, do you stop? Do you give them the second chance, third, and say, okay, you, you, we're done with this? Right. I mean, uh, what are you saying? When you stop giving them chances or when you stop no, 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 no. Well, like, up at, what he did wrong? Yeah, it's more probably us as the media because we're just like, you know, we're, I don't know how much is us kind of dredging it up, yeah. but at some point, at what point, do you, what's the statue where you just say, when I'm writing the story, whatever, do I have to really yeah, yeah. bring it all? You know, bring it all up. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's they. I think it's players that they pick and choose. Right. You know, and uh, for whatever reason, whatever that's based on, and however you want to take it, um, they pick and choose what players that they that that they keep bringing stories up because there's plenty of players who don't went through a lot of stuff, but he's one of them. 
he's probably like the epitome as far as like keeping something ongoing. That happened right. so many years ago, and he hasn't had any incidents similar to that right. since or any other problems. And like that, just keep bringing that up every time. Like even when he came to New York, they were that's the first thing that they were right. talking about. Um, and now he's there, and they're still bringing it up. And that's you know, it's really sad that they that 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 Mark has to really follow him. And he's done good things since then. You know, they they, they say that. You know, people only remember what you did last. You no, know, but that's that's you can't say that because he's done a lot of good things since um, since that mm, incident. Right. Mm. Um, he even um, got back to the, the making the type of money that he was making that's right. before all that, that's which right. is like really a a story if you want to talk about a story. <laughs> right. right. Um, so because I mean, that brother went bankrupt behind all that, and then you know to come back and come out on the other end, that's that's a winning story. And so, but they that that keep following him for whatever <laughs> reason. Um, you know, it's just really sad. What, what so kind I, of hope guy, he, I hope he does well. What kind of guy did you find him to be when he was? He was your teammate what, for two years. Yeah, he was, like, he was locker mate. He was, his locker was right beside mine. Oh, and okay. Vic, Vic is a uh, he is a very special, very special individual. He's he kind of like uh, Revis. He's mm-hmm. the only other guy I've ever seen in the locker room that has that aura around him. Mm-hmm. That brother has a, a, a aura around him. He's just a real peaceful guy, um, very mature, uh, just a good dude all the way around. You know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, a lot of knowledge, a lot of knowledge in that brother. So, um, even I handled the whole situation that he went through. You know, it wasn't. Um, I I I don't know how peaceful he was with, with how things went in New York, but um, you know, it, I I don't know if it played. It didn't really play in his favor. Right. You know, and so uh, but he handled that in, in as good a way as you can handle it, which which requires a lot of maturity. I was telling people, well, this will be the, the end of the Michael Vick section. But I was telling people in Pittsburgh because they were picking it. So listen. He's not exactly replacing a choir boy either. You, you know what I'm saying? So give me a break. It's not like go. it's not there like he's go. replacing Mother <laughs> Teresa. You know, you know Ben Roethlisberger has has had his issues preach documented. On it, preach on it. You know, so you know, but again, see that gets into the whole racial thing, racism thing. And there's this guy we co- well, Dr. Walter Beach was here. Right. He said there's a cat named Neely Fuller you need to check out. Mm-hmm. Neely Fuller. But Neely Fuller said that if you don't understand racism and white supremacy and what it is and how it works, you'll be confused by everything you do understand. <laughs> and you need to understand this because whether it's a critique from it, 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 it racism permeates every single fiber of the American fabric. And if you're a young right. brother, like we talk about our kids and we send them to all these great schools and this and that, and they kind of get it twisted, like, you know, well, it's, it's gone. So listen, it's just like defense, NFL defenses, the defenses of the 1950s and what they were in the 1960s. Right. And what they were in the 70s weren't like the 60s. Right. 80s weren't like the 70s. But it's still 11 people. Yeah. You just how you configure it, right? Yeah. yeah. So racism, no, it wasn't like it was in 1968 when we were boycotting. Right. It's what it is in 2015. It's a, it's a different right. formation. It's this, right. Yeah, different. <laughs> how do you read this? And, and that's what I'm saying. I said, that's your kind of your generation is that, okay. How do you? It's a different kind of offense, but how do you, how do you deal with it now? The league is seventy percent, you know, sixty percent African American and all that. But what does that mean? In other words, if it doesn't mean anything, then it mean anything. You know, it just means that you just got a lot of black guys. But what does it mean in terms of power? In terms of what you guys can do collectively? Right. You know. What do you think about that? that well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, you said it, man. You said it all. You said it right there. And um, those are all the other things that I that I really do understand. And that's really my whole point of meeting you is because that's really the question that I have because I think you have to have a great 
to, to, to make a change in the generation, you got to have a great awareness of the time and the situation and, right. and the mindset of your generation right, as a whole. Exactly. And so that's me. But then you have to be able to understand where you're coming from. To know where you're trying to go, you got to right. know where you're coming from and everything that's connected into it. So if you try to disconnect with the past and act like it's not there, you're not going to move because... Every time you do, it's just going to be a hammer slapping you down, and you ain't going to want you. Where that hammer coming from? Oh, that's the hammer of racism, or that's the hammer of uh, uh, these things that, went, that happened in the past. And so um, so you got to know. And so that's the part of me meeting you is to figure out, I got a very good understanding of what's going on in our generation and the time and, and, and what's real. And so even reading your book, it, it connected me to uh, our history and, and everything that's dealing with sports, um, the history of sports. Um, especially with the African American athlete, um, but how do you use that that knowledge and come up with practical ways to move forward is is really the question, you know. And, and you just like you had that that question to understand. My question is okay. I can tell you what's going on, but I don't. At the end of the day, I still don't know what's the practical ways of going forward. Well, you know, you, you said something. That, by the way, they got a car waiting now for you. So we just got. got now, listen, this is informal, man. Ain't no <laughs> secrets among family. You know, just like you, we gonna wrap it up. But, but, but this is kind of important. Look, for, you mentioned something. You guys spend about ninety. What what percent of your time do you watch watching film? game film tape oh man so many hours so many hours I guess if you're going from Wednesday to uh, Saturday night or Sunday morning you're, you're putting probably about four or five hours a day in so my point was that that's sort of what 40 million dollar slave was basically what that book and what history is, is watching game film that's what you do. You're just watching game films. It's not like you, and when you guys watch game films, you're not watching it just to see how cute you look on the film. Right. You're doing it for a specific purpose. What did I do wrong? What's my weakness? What's my opponent's weakness? And everything is about the future. Right. How do we just look at this game tape of everything that happened in the past to prepare for the future? Right. And so that's all, you know, my book is about how do we study what they did to us before you know, damn, you know what? They always get us with that. They always find the person that, to, 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 they always get the most powerful people to, to buy off, to sell right, off, you know? Right. So, so I guess the question, the answer, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, it, it's, it's basically, how do you mobilize a league that's 70% black, the NBA is like 80%, making more money now than ever right. before? I mean, more right. opportunity now than, than ever before. Right. But you still got, What's going on in St. Louis? Right. What's going on in Staten Island? So something has not changed. Right. Well, yeah. I, th I think I think um, there are, there are levels of division. You know, you talk to them about it in your in your book. Um, the disconnect right. between the player and the community, and the players in their community. You look at all these athletes making so much, and then the community still starving. Now I think the community is the community is somewhat united. Is somewhat united um, in the, each community is united itself, but they're still divided amongst themselves. That's why you have, um, you know, little gang wars. Yeah. You know, not just in colors, but communities against communities. <laughs> right, right. Um, but then you have the disconnect between athletes and their communities. You know, like how are you from this community, but you're not giving back to it. Right. And, and what you giving back is having a football camp. Football camp. That ain't really helping nobody who ain't got AC and they ain't got no <laughs> right, food. Right. Um, and then you got the disconnect of players amongst players. Like, what's my connection to this brother who's in the league and this brother into the league? Like, 
Um, so I think the promised land in that aspect is how do you unite? Right. In a time where there was segregation, you know, when them players made it into the league, it's like, okay, I made it, you made it, we got to stick together exactly. in this thing. So it was already a connection. And then outside of the league, there was a connection because, like you said, we talked about earlier, you have to return home. And so it's That's like, right. and when you return home. You can't home, be an Uncle Tom going, coming yeah, back home. Yeah, when you return <laughs> home, everything is still segregated. Right. So the, it forced the community to be united. Right. And so now in a time where it's not uh, forced, how do you reunite? Because that, I think you talked about that in the scene, that integration wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but it didn't work for good of the African-American community because it actually divided us. Right. And so... How do you reunite in today? So that's that's a promised land if you can reunite in mindset and, and, and goals. And I think, um, secondly, if you can f- figure out some type of trickle-down effect where you have 70% and 80% in these dominant popular sports making all these lucrative numbers to make that trickle down to, to the community. Like, why are these athletes so prosperous but the community is still on the outer part of society or on the bottom part of society in uh, uh, economic class. And you could even look at the, and I promise we're going there, uh, but you could even look at the agents. I mean, start with that. You know, if your agent is this white guy and has, hires no black people, in other words, start with your own, start with your own people who are, who you got representing you. Mm-hmm. And then you walk through the office. If they're not hiring any black folks, in other words, if you're the only black person they hire and, all, and the stable of black folks, but they the accountants, the the finance people they send you to, the real estate people they send you to, everybody they send you to, mm. you know, is white. That makes sense. What the hell? What you know? What are we? What are we talking about? Another, you know, say shit, man. So in other words, this is probably another segment. <laughs> but but it, it's it's uh, but I think the, the big thing is that the fact that you're thinking about it. Um, and I, I I don't know if I mentioned can we had Candace Wiggins in who plays for the Liberty, mm-hmm. and we had the same conversation. I never met Candace before. But she said, oh, wow, you know, I read your book and I gave it to everybody and all that. So I was thinking, you know what, maybe people who have approached, who read, should come together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what I remember I, I yeah, said. Yeah, you talked to me about Yeah, that. maybe that's what, because yeah. <laughs> clearly there's some type of like-mindedness. And not that anybody has an ultimate answer, but if you're on this kind of same yeah, yeah, yeah. page, because everybody takes you and you write something, but then people take it to, you know, like I said, it's generational. You know, Jamal is 30s, you're 20. So everybody... It's like a, a seed, but you take it. You you take it to how it relates to your right, yeah, yeah. generation. Um, so you got to come back. We got to talk about that. But but but, but listen, one more thing. Uh, what does it mean? You, you oh, I know what I meant to ask you. So your your head coach is a brother. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, to me, I take that as being significant. Mm-hmm. You know, because that doesn't happen a lot. Right, it doesn't happen right, a lot. So right. I wonder. What does that mean for you? You still got to you still got to block and tackle. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He'll still cut you. But what is that? What is that? Is that significant to you? Yeah, it is. It is. That's 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 huge uh, in and of itself. That's huh. huge because um, you know just the ratio of African American head coaches in the league. So you see it. But uh, for me, like you said, my, I still got a job to do at the end of the day. <laughs> he ain't treat me no different <laughs> than another coach. Uh, but I got to be able to do my job, and, they, and he's going to grade me specifically on the way I do my job. But it does change things in the way uh, that I, I can, I'm able to relate to him and, and just understand his mindset um, and the way he way he's thinking. You know, he's from Elizabeth. Um he grew up similar to the way I grew up, you know, right. and so uh, we just can relate to a lot of different things, mm-hmm. even the type of music he listened to. Right. Um, 
and you know just from that whole aspect it just it's different you know it's, mm-hmm. it's just very different so uh, just from a relational level uh, it just kind of changes things just um, you know just I guess from um, a, cu- a cultural perspective not just even from a skin color but just a cultural right. and background perspective um, just the way we can relate to one another but he has a job to do I have a job to do so um, at the end of the day it's still a player coach relationship but mm-hmm. it does change things and it's, it's significant in that nature mm-hmm. alright well listen man there's so much to talk about you know one one thing I wanted to ask you um, about w- was, was religion because that's very important uh, we're not going to spend all, but I'm curious because you're 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 you know man of God and man of faith and all that. I'm a man of faith. Uh, my office actually is in the church mm. up, uptown. Oh, you wow. know? now I don't necessarily go in the sanctuary, <laughs> but I'm in my office all the time, so I do feel good because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's there. You know, but my question is, when you see brothers a lot of times, you know, they make a great play and they'll point to the sky and all that, and you know, I'm like, well, well, what about? There's something to be learned from everything. Like, like it'd be like if you get beat, you can point to listen. That's a learned experience too. But what do you think? What do you think about uh, just about uh, God has brought so much into the locker room? You know, like um, you know, I want to thank God for this. I want, but it seems really only attached to positive things. Like you were saying, you went through a whole lot mm-hmm. early that wasn't necessarily positive. Mm-hmm. But when you look back on it, it was the same blessing. Yeah. Then. And sometimes you might even get more from that. Uh, so I guess that's a convoluted way of asking. Yeah. Uh, how how does religion, particularly figure like you saw Arian Foster, Arian Foster? I don't believe in God, mm. you know. And I'm just wondering how people respond to that because so much in the locker room is built on religion and God. Mm-hmm. It's but sometimes I see almost as a superficial mm-hmm. thing. How, how how do you? Just feel about what I just said. I mean, yeah. I know I, I can't come up with a great question, but you know the concept. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think for me is where I start, and for me, God is uh, the center of my life. He's the center of everything I do. So, if things go what they look to be good, or things look to go look to be bad, I know God is in control of that. And so, uh, the Bible says, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. Don't say all things will be good, but they all work together. So, my life and everything I went through turmoil. I may have thought was bad or, or trials, um, it turned out to be a blessing or working to be my blessing because now I have a story and ways I can relate to people who are going through tough times. Um, so that's how I look at it. But I do think that people do uh, make the mistake of putting using God like it's just a cherry on top of their life. They live how they want to live and do what they want to do. When good things happen, they just say, okay, I give all the honor and glory to God. Or like when, you know, for a game, they're just praying to him like, God, help me have a good game because they want things to go good. And, just kind of like a Santa Claus guy. I think people do that, you know, and people do, you know, they, they make it like God, the lightning guy. You know, you can't do that. God going to strike you down, you know. So there's a lot of different ways to use God, but I think God is like all of it, encompassing all of it, the good and the bad, and uh, he's loving and uh, and peaceful, and he's a God of wrath. So he's like he's all of that. And so um, that's just kind of how I look at it, you know. And so um, when it comes to individuals and, and what they believe and choose to believe, everybody has – free will and free choice you know mm-hmm. um, I just want to be there to make sure everybody have all the facts before they make the decision you know and so uh, if a brother tell me he do believe or he don't believe okay if you believe what do you believe you right. know and if you say you don't believe okay let's talk about this and why don't you believe and so once you got all the facts then you're free to make a choice I did my part mm-hmm. Brett Favre this, uh, that was Demario Davis our, our guest uh, Brett Favre kind of tweaked uh, Russell Wilson the other day because you know 
after after uh, uh, Seattle came back and beat Green Bay like that. Mm-hmm. It was last year. Russell said, you know, God has got that. So the other day, when Green Bay beat him, uh, 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 Roger, Roger, Rob, sorry, Roger said, oh, I guess God must be a Green Bay Packers fan. Yeah, 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 I thought it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, so I guess you could, it, it, it gets to, like I said, a superficial level. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, but anyway, hey, listen, man, uh, Demario, this has been, it's really been tremendous, man. Thank you very lesson, much. Lesson, I guess it's been uh, Demario Davis, uh, inside linebacker of the, New York Jets, uh, and uh, look forward to having you back. But man, thank you so much thank for, you, for coming. Thank, thank you. Looking forward to it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E. AV on YouTube.